So the other day, I went to go get my mullet cut, and uh, I ended up taking the golf cart because it's been kind of nice. It's been getting, getting a little bit nicer here down in Florida. I feel like autumn is upon us, and I'm driving in my golf cart down Saint down Central Avenue in St. Pete, and I feel just the slightest twinge of a little cool breeze. And bro, dude, chubbed out, man. I, 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 I every year it's it's this one breeze that just fucking hits me, and like it, it was it's been hot all week, but it was like 8:30 in the morning, felt the breeze, and I got this spontaneous, this irresistible urge. I went out to Publix that night and bought a two full cases of like pumpkin beer and like autumn beer and. Bro, I, autumn is upon us officially. NFL season is in full swing. Maybe the best opening two weeks of the NFL ever. And that's on the heels of maybe the best playoffs in NFL history. We were just talking about it, boys. The NFL product is better than ever. But for a second, I just want to pause it. And let's talk about the best season of them all. Undisputed. Autumn. What? What do you guys what do you guys love about Autumn besides the NFL? Like what really gets you going? What 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 chubs well, you out about Autumn? Fucking not sweating my ass off from seven AM until whenever I pass out. Like it, you know, it's funny, like that that chill that you got, like and being ready, like, yo, we're good to go. It's kinda like that that girl that you used to work on, like always putting the effort in and then all of a sudden you get that one text, like, hey. Are you up? And you're like, oh shit, the work's paying off. That's that's what autumn is. Like football season's here. The weather's getting good. We get to golf uh, without having to drink water in between a, an 18 pack of beer. Uh, <laughs> like it's 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 fantastic. Oh, dude, I we pride ourselves in this podcast with our Colin Cowherd analogies. I love it. Love it. As soon as those open up, is it's like a girl. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, I mean, we're we're a week away from any, from uh, preseason NHL as well. So uh, this is undisputed best time of the year. You get football, you get hockey, uh, and then obviously Florida just getting away from the oppressive heat. I mean, it's still way too hot. It's still not you know seasonally what everybody else gets to experience, but at least it's not summer. What's your autumn ritual though? You guys have autumn rituals. I I, I totally do. I I don't even think about it. And then, like I said, the cool breeze hits me, and all of a sudden. I'm buying pumpkin beer and she don't even like that much. But, see, yeah. see, for, for, for me, it's not as much as like the autumn bringing it in as, as much as it is like what comes after autumn, like those three days where we can have the air conditioning off and the windows and doors open. Uh, it just makes you so happy. Like you're just energetic and excited for every single day when, you know, you're just not dreading the fucking heat. I mean, I'm super basic. I like pumpkin spice lattes. It's always fun. You know, kick off the autumn season. Uh, pumpkin beer. I like a few of them. And then uh, I, th- I think it's you know NHL and, and hockey play a role, but I drink a lot more in in fall and winter. Oh, yeah. uh, you get to start drinking some stouts again. Uh, you know, brush off the whiskey for sure. Uh, I, I definitely drink a lot more this time of year. Dude, my drinking's already getting bad. <laughs> I did, I, I, I did sober August and um, it's been fucking bad, dude. F- football brings out the worst and the best. It in really me. does. It really does. Like the other, the other day, Monday night, watching the Vikings game, I'm a Vikings fan. 
I wasn't even planning on drinking. All of a sudden, it's the second half, and I'm on like my third whiskey because I have to watch Kirk Cousins play. And that, that, that's the funniest thing about the NFL season is even when my team's getting their cheeks clapped, like it was like the third quarter, and I was I told Jackie I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna stop. I don't I don't need to watch this anymore. And then we blocked a fucking field goal, and I'm like, ah. Here we go, here we go. And then even after that, even after like the third fucking sleigh interception, I'm still, I'm I'm sitting in bed with a whiskey drinking just like, man, this is, (laughs) this is football season, baby. I I am absolutely getting a nice bottle of bourbon for my, for the Thursday night showdown between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, Derek, how many cardigans do you have? Because I can definitely picture you with a nice cardigan, great haircut that you have now going. Um, just sitting down, have, sipping, sipping, sipping a nice pumpkin spice latte. I don't think I have any cardigans, but I do like a good pullover sweater. I got a couple of those. Oh, dude. You, I, the one thing I can't, I, I like a good sweater, nice soft sweater. Can't do anything with the neck. <sighs> Bro. Yeah, no, no, no. I need, this, I need it to be pullover, quarter zip, so I can yep. unzip it, get every, fucking thing, everything away from my neck. It's exactly. For, for, your, for your wedding gift, I'm getting you a cardigan and yeah. a, uh, oh yeah, and we're going to get you the, we're going to wrap your neck around with a nice... Uh, with little, a little pashmina afghan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be looking <laughs> fire. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I can't... Yeah, nothing with the neck. Like, just a, like even just the slightest little turtleneck. Feels like a midget is just slowly choking you. Um, I can't, can't, I can't wear a tie. Yeah. Uh, it, dude. It gives me anxiety. See, like, outside of, like, edibles, ties are the only thing that ever, ever in my life give me anxiety. <laughs> Took me a second to realize what you're talking about with edibles, but uh, yeah. yeah, ties and edibles. I love that. That's very, very not similar things. Um, <laughs> we were talking about Colin Coward uh, analogies. Um, Colin Coward is speaking of cheeks getting clapped. Coward's getting his cheeks clapped on Twitter this week. He is laying into Trey Lance. Um, I, I, I showed you guys that little uh, exchange. Uh, he basically said like, oh, the 49ers, and it's just like Trevor was saying in our in our group chat, 49ers are better off without Trey Lance. Like, even if it's true, you, you can't say it. I'm sorry, you can't say it. Especially, yeah. especially if you are the father of a woman that Trey Lance used to date. I mean, that's it, it's so transparent that that's the motivation. For sure. Because... In his position, like you can say, oh, yeah, Trey Lance isn't meeting expectations. He's not playing well. All those things are great. The second he gets hurt, it doesn't. It's not relevant anymore. Like Jimmy Garoppolo's a starting quarterback. It doesn't matter. You can evaluate and talk about Trey Lance next year. It's one hundred percent personal. I, I think I think it's perfectly acceptable. Like it's not that he. I, I thought he did it appropriately. Um, honestly, it's everything that I was. I was a little rougher in our group chats talking about it, but like. The Niners are way better off if if Jimmy G didn't like restructure to be there. The Niners are very much in trouble. Um, you know, some people drafted Trey Lance from all their fantasy leagues this season. You know, shame on them. But uh, you know, sometimes you have to take a risk and a gamble. But like, dude, he's he's just not there. Like, and I, I get it. They wasted all their future for Trey to be that guy, but he is not. Like, everyone should be praising. Uh, Jimmy G going forward for what he like the potential the Niners have with him there. Yeah, it sucks, but it is. Uh, I, th- I think one of the tweets, retweets, whatever that were seen is listen, it's a fucking ankle. He'll be back, but it's still fact. 
and and tell me if if I'm wrong, fact or fiction, the Niners are better off with Jimmy G than Trey Lance at quarterback. One hundred percent fact. Um, your 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 dig there is is very appropriate. I'm the guy that drive. I drafted Trey Lance in both my leagues, and I've been talking about shit about Trey Lance since day one. I did think he could he could uh, produce as a as a fantasy quarterback, but I'm starting to think that my fantasy team is better off. Who, who did I go scoop in both leagues? I went and got Tua. I also hate Tua, by the way. I'm I'm in the I'm I'm in it. I'm having a nightmare spiral in fantasy where I just keep ending up with quarterbacks I fucking hate. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. 49ers are better off without Trey Lance. I think it would have just continued to go on. I think they still would have just destroyed Seattle yesterday. But you're not beating the Rams with Trey Lance. You're probably not beating the Cardinals because I, I don't think they can even keep up with a team like the Cardinals. You're definitely not beating the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like they cannot, certainly can't beat the Eagles. They can't beat any of the top NFC powers. I think this would have dragged on and on and on and on because Kyle Sh- Shanahan is a stubborn dude. And I think you're right. In the end, you know, it's a shitty thing to say, but it's the way that Cowherd was saying it. It's just inappropriate. And also his connection with Trey Lance you should probably have the 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 knowledge to know that everybody knows that he was fucking your daughter and you should right. probably not say that you know what i'm saying yeah, so to, to me I, he's absolutely right maybe let the guy get out of the hospital bed uh you know give him give him a couple of days off of that <laughs> you know, sure. he's got a surgery but like it's so transparently pal- like this uh, personal like get the fuck over it dude. Hey, the the good news is he can throw dollar bills while laying down <laughs> yeah and honestly um it's just straight up. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is better for the 49ers, and the 49ers are back. It's a really good team. Jimmy uh, uh, Kittle still hasn't even played yet. George Kittle still hasn't even played yet, and the 49ers looked fucking awesome against Seattle, even with a flawed team with a quarterback that's only been taking second-team reps. The 49ers are going to be just fine. They're going to be really good now that Jimmy G's back. So, yes, you're right. They are better off without Trey Lance. Let, let's talk about some really important things. Um, just this blowout Monday. Uh, awful slate of Monday night games. Just blowouts everywhere, including huge controversy. Controversy. I want to get you guys' thoughts. But did Dan Orlovsky, speaking of blowouts, did he fart on, on TV? Uh, you, you guys have heard the sound bite, right? I, I had to listen to it a few times and like watch everyone like clip in, everyone looking at him. There is no way that's a fart. I know. Like, come on. There's no way. There's no way. I get I get it. It's funny. Honestly, it sounded like it came right from his mouth. And maybe he muffled it, muffled, muffled it with his fart with his mouth. But that was every bit right off the tongue. And obviously, it had to be awkward, which is why he got the looks. But there's no way that that was a legitimate fart. Was it planned? Like what? What was it? Because he clearly he just stops talking all of a sudden, and and it's it, you're right. It's it's clearly not a fart. And if it is, he has the most cartoony, stereotypical fucking like clown I, so, fart so, I've ever heard. So, so, so he had he had like the cough. I think I think it was a cough right before it, and then he followed it up with a. I think and, it was like a and, sneeze. He's like, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, he didn't shart on national television. So yeah, it was the sneeze, and he was like, it, like maybe. Dude, we know Dan Ar- Ar- Arlovsky has uh, some wild takes and he gets uncomfortable in pressure situations, which is why he ran out of the end zone as a quarterback. And maybe that was his, his response to go, <laughs> maybe that's what coughed the sneeze. 
very awkward, but that, that's that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, I just like logistically, like it's impossible for that microphone where it's located to pick that up unless you like took it off and like shoved it down. Like it's, it makes no sense. Now the big. <laughs> He like blew a raspberry or something. Yeah. Like stumbled on his words and then just like <laughs> it's pretty. Out. Now, it's pretty. The big <laughs> people just want to believe it's true because it's Dan Orlovsky and everyone wants to dunk on him. But that's it's not a fart, folks. I really want to believe it's a fart, but it's not. It, it, the commentary on it has been fucking hilarious. Chris Long on his podcast had one of the funniest segments he's ever had about it. It was so fucking... And it's basically about, like, how everyone always blames the big guy for farting. <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully, one one day, way down the road, it's going to be kind of comparable to... Uh, obviously, it will never be comparable, but, like, you know, Brady admitting that, that it, it was a fumble. <laughs> Maybe Orlovsky's going to be like, yeah, it was a fart. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of farts, uh, the Tennessee Titans... Um, <laughs> this team sucks. Uh, I I mean, I'm pretty sure we were pretty much all on the Tennessee sucks train, but I think a lot of us were also on the Colts are going to win the division train. So, you know, um, but the AFC South really fucking bad, but Buffalo, Jesus fucking Christ. Who, who can beat Buffalo? Who like straight up any, what, what team in the NFL right now even has a chance against Buffalo? Buffalo I mean, NFL any any given Sunday. Uh, I mean, we're, we're seeing some wild first couple weeks, but I would say they're definitely the most complete team in the league. Like, there's no way around that. I I think they'll be the favorite in every probably every game the rest of the way here, uh, unless something dramatic happens. But I'm, it's still the NFL. Like any any given week, somebody can can knock anybody off. Yeah, a thousand percent. But like honestly, watching them, and you know, I talked about it as soon as as soon as I saw Josh Allen's eyes, and this is going to be a repetitive story going throughout the year. But his eyes after a, that second playoff loss against Kansas City, it's like he's going to be MVP this year, and he's he's taking over where he has to, when he has to. The guy is disgusting, um, and just like our you know our Sunday gambling podcast, um, I'm going to ride Buffalo. I, I don't give a shit if they are a 40-point favorite. I will take them until they prove me wrong. Um, and they're only going to get better. Tredavious White comes back in a few weeks. Like, that team is so ridiculous. They, they're, they're a scary team. Um, right now, obviously, it's early. But for me, they are right on that right on that cusp of the 07 undefeated Patriots. Like, they're just... And but they're they're more balanced on all like this could be potentially one of the best teams we've seen of all time. Their defense is even better than the 07 Patriots. Uh, I think I think this is so far. It's really early in the season, but there's literally no weakness. The only thing that can derail this team is injuries. And like I, I've mentioned multiple times, with the Josh Allen aggression, it worries me. I think the guy plays too aggressive. I think they need to scale it down a little bit. But yeah. Um, that game was unwatchable. Holy shit, the Titans are bad. The Titans are really, really bad. Like, they might not win four games this year. They're really fucking bad. Really fucking bad. Yeah, yeah you have to be worried about them. But, like, for me, I'm still that high on Buffalo. Like, I I, I still think Titans are going to be, like, in the running for a playoff spot later on. You know, right in that 500 area. Uh, they have to figure it out. They have to find a way to get uh, Derrick Henry going and not have to rely on uh, Ryan Tannehill because we saw 
uh, you know, obviously a short sample of Malik Henry, uh, Malik Willis coming in and he gets, got dominated by like the whole story right now. It's Buffalo. And like, even but like for, from a fantasy or fantasy perspective, the fuck do you do for the, with their backfield? Is this kind of like the Rams? You can't touch any of the running backs because who knows who's coming in. Uh, right now, like the only two people you can ap- absolutely count on thus far, obviously, is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And holy shit. Yeah, it's straight up the only people you can count on. Um, like you mentioned, the outline, James Cook led in carries and it was all in garbage time. Uh, dude, Singletary, motherfucker, this guy does nothing but run the ball really efficiently and they just don't give it to him. I th- yeah, it makes, it makes no sense. I mean, he's the best back, I think, today. I get the idea of wanting to make sure, you know, you you assert um, Cook and get him in. Obviously, he's probably going to be the back in the future here. And and, and from a, a cost standpoint, you know, rookie contracts and, and you don't have to worry about any renewal or anything like that. I get all those points. But for a team that wants to win today and, you know, is a Super Bowl favorite, he's the best running back in that, in that group by far. So uh, this next topic, we can I, I'd like to spend let's let's cap it off at 22 seconds on this. Vikings Eagles, um, <laughs> uh, an embarrassing loss for the Vikings. I, it, I I had a weird feeling that we were going to win, and that's how I knew we were going to lose. Um, it, the the crowd, it just going into the pregame, it just seemed like they were hyped up. It looked like you know Philly was just just really aggressively chanting, and it seemed super fucking loud going into it. It just looked like the prime, like, assault some elderly people Philly crowd that just is unstoppable, like in the NFC Championship against the Vikings where they literally, like, harassed and assaulted, like, a 95-year-old Vikings fan. Um, This fan base is jazzed up, and they have good reasons to be. A weird thing about Monday night I think there's a good chance that we maybe saw the best two teams in both conferences. Very much so. Um, and, and I think that with these two teams, like obviously the questions are going to come up here in the next two or three weeks, like, you know, the contenders versus pretenders. I think these are both still contenders, but I th- right now Philly just fucking punched them in the mouth. My favorite thing right now is, you know, the development of Javen, Jalen Hurts. I've, obviously, I've been high on his train coming out of Alabama. So right now, it's nice to see everyone kind of joining that train because, you know, say what you want. You can say, oh, he's got a better, one better receiver, you know, the offensive line. Nonetheless, he still made fucking plays, arms, and with his arm and his legs. Like, he made very good throws. He like Honestly, like, his his passing was night and day as compared to even, like, last season. Like, we, we knew we knew. We, we knew how he could run, but, like, every single pass, even, like, the incomplete ones, they, they just had, like, the zip, the force. So I'm, I, I'm still going to have to keep rooting for him, but this very well could be a, uh, you know, conference championship, you know, divisional round later on. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of Hurts, and, and I just think that completeness of that team is great. Offensive line is great. Uh, running backs are a weakness, but I don't think that particularly matters as much in the NFL today. I, I just you're seeing a lot of teams do really well with without running backs and and without fat featuring running backs too heavily. Um, but as soon as you move Devonta Smith to that number two receiver, he's a really good number two. I don't think he's quite a number one. Definitely not today. He could you know evolve into one, grow into one. Uh, but just having him as a number two receiver in that offense and and just letting Hurts you know get the ball out of his hand and and sometimes run do with his legs. He looked great. It looks really intentional. Um, so I, I think they're a really good team. And, and Buffalo, 
easily the best team in, in, in the AFC. Here's all caution, you guys, and saying, uh, I think I said it in the last pod, I've said it a lot. Um, I've been very honest about what I think the Vikings are, and I've been right about almost everything so far. In the Packers game, I called it. I called it, and it led right in the Eagles game. The Vikings have an elite pass rush and a very, very weak secondary, and when the pass rush can disguise the secondary like it did in the Packers game, the defense is going to look good. But in the Eagles game, for some reason, the Vikings just didn't fucking blitz. No blitzes. They just laid off, played this umbrella coverage. It was so confusing. Troy Aikman just kept laying into the Vikings for good reason. He just kept saying, why aren't they changing anything? They literally didn't change their game plan from from quarter one, from the first minute until the very last minute. It was very bizarre. They actually held them scoreless in the second half, but... They're just clapping our cheeks in the first half, just just running, having having our their way with us, and no changes whatsoever on that defense. Uh, it I, I, was the I, first. I would, say, I would say, like you know, just kind of looking at it, like probably in their head was everyone's thought, like, hey, make Jalen beat you with his arm, and it, honestly, they probably got shell shocked early on. They're like, fuck, he can like he can actually make the he can make the, the important throws, and he can get him in the spots. You know, like he's not perfect. But he, that obviously the game plan was do not let him beat us with his legs, make him throw it, and you know they'll adapt going forward. Everyone will, you know. You have to change your game plan when you know when you're like, damn, he he can make all the he can make the big time throws. Yeah. So I guess I guess my my takeaway from this is that you know the Vikings in the first half just a bunch of unfortunate drops. Irv Smith Jr. <laughs> You guys heard me. They, they need to fucking... Uh, they don't actually need to cut this guy, but he needs to take a reduced role because he fucking sucks. Um, it's ironic, too, because I think he scored the only touchdown, but that was more of a Kirk Cousins play than it was an Irv Smith play. Uh, the Vikings are not out of this, boys. And, and funny enough, Vikings fan fiction, this is actually not fiction, it's actually a fact. Last two times, the Vikings have lost by 17 points in, this, in the week seven or in week two. We've won the division. So uh, I'm not actually worried about the Vikings, weirdly enough. Um, Kurt, that's just classic Kirk Cousins Monday Night Football, baby. <laughs> He's only won two of them in his entire career. He's like 2-25, and 25, I think. It's insane. Um, and that was the Kirk that I know and love. And, but we got let's be real. Kirk did not lose that game. He was awful in the second half, and the Vikings could have potentially came back. But Kirk didn't actually lose that game. It was no. very much the defense that lost that game and his receivers that just couldn't fucking catch a ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean when you're looking, if, if Irv makes that catch, like, yeah. that's a touchdown, A, and then, then you have a tight game going forward. Like, 14-21. It would have been shit, 14-21, shit. And, and then it would have been almost halftime, and the Vikings would have got the ball back. And, and then you look at, the, at that block kick down, you know, seven. Like, it changes everything. So, uh, you know, obviously some there was some play calling, you know, issues you know thoughts but you know whatever going forward still both of these teams are contenders agreed still i think they're both contenders i think they'll both make the playoffs i think we might actually just seen a a playoff preview um in calling all nfc calling all nfc do not let the fucking eagles get home field advantage because this team will not be stopped I'm telling you, this team and the playoffs will not be stopped if they have home field. They will not. So uh, I was thinking about this around <laughs> halftime of the game Monday. Would the NFC Championship be considered a primetime game? Uh, I mean, it depends on what time it is, I guess. I don't, it's Kirk, I mean, the Super Bowl is definitely a primetime game, Kirk right? Cousins is statistically just awful at night. <laughs> and I have a theory about this, by the way. Kirk Cousins is one of those dads 
that you wake up at 6 a.m. and he's already fucking mowed the lawn. He's already like cut his own hair. He's already watched like three hours of PBS and it's it's just like 9 a.m. He's one of these guys, I think he, he can't help but get up at a certain time. And so like by the time that the game starts, Kirk's already been up since fucking 5 a.m. He's already been up for like two days. Um, Dude just needs a Coke bender. <laughs> can you imagine doing Kirk Coke with uh, Kirk Cousins? It'd be just absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Uh, speaking of awful, this Bucks Saints game. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple of teams this year that are putting up just unwatchable football games, and the Bucks are one of them. Holy shit, they are hard to watch. Tom Brady does not look great. The Bucks defense is fucking awesome, though. It is really, really good. And we saw Jameis turn full blown Jameis again, and we also turned. We also saw a familiar trick from our boy Mike Evans. Uh, I like to call him Bitch Boy. Um, his his uh, hallmark come from behind, hit a guy in the back, fucking in, same guy, and he's same guy. he's getting praised for this by Bucks fans, and like, oh, I don't know why I hate this guy so much, but Mike Evans gets suspended for this fight. What do you guys What do you guys think about the fight? And should he got suspended? Fuck yeah! Um, so like that game actually came down to some questionable calls, and then it just kind of spiraled, which is also very much like in Jameis fashion. Truthfully, yeah, he definitely warranted that suspension. Uh, suspension, in my, in my opinion, dude, Marshawn Lattimore, I didn't see anything that actually warranted the ejection on his end. Like we had some, we had some scruff, you know, some pushing back and forth with him and Leonard Fournette, and you know, obviously. Tom comes in. They Marshawn didn't even touch him. He like he didn't even like barely even looked at him. Mike Evans was already on a fucking dime and decked him from behind. So for me, I don't I don't th- like I get it. You have to especially I'm sure they are aware of the history, so you have to maybe eject both of them. But truthfully, that should have been Mike Evans' ejection, a three-game suspension, maybe four reduced to two. Um, and a personal foul just on Tampa from from that scuffle, in you know, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I think because they throw out Mike Evans, they're like, oh, we'll just throw out Lattimore too, and, and just kind of you know end this whole thing. Because if Lattimore stays in the game, it could get chippy afterwards. But standalone, like that's a pretty normal thing to happen. Like that, what, what Lattimore did in that play happens on a regular basis. The Evans thing, I mean, that's a normal thing for him to do, apparently. Uh, second time he's done that in two years, or not even, like, barely a full calendar year. Uh, absolutely just a bitch. Bitch move all the way around and just goes back to him playing like he's a little guy. Yeah, and Lenny, like like you were saying, Marcus, Lenny, it, it was just a fucking, like, routine scrap. And some people were like, Evans was defending his quarterback. Like, did you even watch the play? That's not what happened at all. It's not what happened at all. Like he wasn't like honestly he wasn't even looking at him and what sucks like truthfully for Tampa as depleted like they, they just had to sign Cole Beasley to their practice squad which obviously he's going to be elevated they are so thin at receiver to a fucking really big game at home against Green Bay like you want to talk about like looking forward and I get it heat of the moment terrible decision by Evans so I another another point another note I have for this game I just want to share my screen for a second so we can all be on the same page. This is a joke Derek made a couple years ago. It's still really funny to me. <laughs> what do you see here? Um, dude, what's going on with Tom Brady's face? <laughs> it's time It's time to talk about it. It's time to talk about Tom Brady's face. What is going on 
with his face. He is gaunt. The, the, the word that just nails him is gaunt. His cheekbones are like caving in. If you look at him when he was 22 years old, he had a jaw on him. Like a big fucking like like oval jaw. And that, and that chin is just slowly like creeped in. And that doesn't happen from Botox. The dude never misses games from injuries. But like, is he getting like surgery? Like, what what is going on with his face? I'm I'm so confused. Tilda Swinton, by oh. the way. Sorry, I, I I don't even think I mentioned it. We're we're looking at pictures of Tilda Swinton. Derek made a joke about it a couple of years ago, and it's dead on. Tom Brady it's, is slowly evolving into Tilda Swinton, just getting. It's, it, honestly, it's kind of like the TV thing. Whatever, it's, it's the TV twelve, and it's obviously it's worked for him thus far. Um, obviously, you know, physically, physical appearance, it's, you know, there's, there's some struggle bus going there, but uh, until he, you know, until he's done playing, trying to keep his body, you know, in his pristine condition, just give it like two years, man. He'll be, he'll be back to 1998, Tom, big fat, big fat face, like uh, six round draft pick. He'll, he'll, he'll be back to normal, but right now it's, uh, it's tough to look at. Big fat face. <laughs> I think honestly, if you look all the way back, he didn't even have butt chin back then. Like he barely did. Yeah, it's it's an odd evolution for Tom Brady. Uh, let's move on. Uh, one of my favorite topics of the week: uh, Nathaniel Hackett is really bad at his job. Really, really bad. Um, he's getting. I've I'm, I'm not seen a quarterback just get or a coach get ripped like this after his second week on the job in quite some time. Um, is there any salvation for this team, this Broncos team? Russell Wilson looks fucking terrible. They they have two awesome running backs that they don't utilize. They had a third and one this week, folks. A third and one. And they ran it up the middle. No, sorry, not even up the middle. They did a sweep with their backup tight end on third and one with a mobile Hall of Fame quarterback and two fucking really good running backs. What is going on with this team, and, and could, is there a possibility Nathaniel Hackett could be fired? Absolutely, but for, for me, I think for me, the real kind of question is obviously Denver has been like a super, super letdown. Maybe Houston is just better than we all thought that they would be, like winning two, three games. Like they're just – maybe this, they're just going to be one of those – kind of like Carolina a few years in Matt Rule's first year – when be like, damn, they're going to be terrible, and they were just gritty and finding weird ways. And now I'm done playing devil's advocate. It, heck, it's so bad. Like that team, <laughs> that that team. Like honestly, like on, especially like even on paper, like on everything. You had Russell Wilson. That team should have been right in the 10, 10 11 game winner and in contention, but not being embarrassed in back to back weeks. Like it's it's bad. But I'm I'm I. He's going to be in our uh, segment later, but yeah, I, I don't. I'm not positive he makes it through the season. He's he's terrible, and and I we I think we, we, we most of us have called it a while ago. Where just if the ploy to lure Aaron Rodgers from the Packers works, sure, why not? Uh, you're getting kind of a built-in offensive coordinator. You're getting a guy who who can you know survive bad coaching. But the second it like it just didn't work, and unless you have like the assurances that it's a sure thing, you can't hire that guy. Like what? What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, agreed. It's 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 awful. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any redeeming the situation. Um, and speaking of awful coaches, uh, our boy Frank Wright, I think 
I th- I'm I'm ready to call it. Frank Reich will be the first coach that gets fired this year. I'm I, I, even even as loyal as the Colts are. Um, this Jags Colts game as how fucking lost did the Jags look week one. Trevor Lawrence, we're just a week ago we're talking about him possibly being a bust at quarterback, and now Trevor Lawrence comes in looks looks fucking awesome against what's supposed to be a talented defense. Matt Ryan is so bad. God, Matt Ryan is so bad. And, some, and someone made a comment on, on Twitter, and I've been saying this for years, and I'm so glad fi- someone's finally saying it, but it said Matt Ryan is inarguably the worst red zone quarterback in NFL history. If you look at his stats, look at his seasons, and this is a guy that came into the league, and immediately his, his receiving core was Roddy White and fucking Tony Gonzalez. He has had elite receivers, Julio Jones, his entire career, and if you look at his touchdown numbers as a quarterback, like they're, it's pretty pathetic. And it's it. What I've always seen with this guy is he gets in within the twenty. He's phenomenal at getting it in the red zone. And then once they do, when they don't have guys like Michael Turner and like good running backs, like Cordell Patterson's a great guy, but he or, uh, he can't he couldn't fucking do it last year and and this year with with Taylor, and they didn't even run Taylor last week. And that's the fucking ineptitude that is Frank Reich. Um, what do you guys think about this Colts team? And are, are, is there a chance that the Jags are actually decent? Oh, I, I could go. I could go both ways. We all like to go both ways, but like going into the season, you know, obviously a lot of us, me included, were like taking the Colts to win, win the division handily. But right now, like that was the easy part of their schedule. Like the Colts are very well. Right now, it feels like are staring down a top three, top five pick, uh, sure. trying to get one of those young quarterbacks. Like it's 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 super panic time right now. Like it, a lot has to change over there, which sucks because they they have superior talent in some positions. Obviously, lacking depth in others, but like they are good enough not to be getting embarrassed like this. And it's not going to get any any easier going. Um, Kansas City up this week. Then you have the Titans who are going to be hungry as fuck. Denver who's going to be hungry as fuck. And Jackson, like even Jacksonville right now, who is going to have some some hope going forward. Like right now, India is staring at a top five pick, and that is scary for them. Um, I it's confusing because like you look at that team and, and and you see how they play week one. Matt Ryan looks terrible. They have a hard time getting the ball to the wide receivers. Then the wide receivers get hurt, and you're thinking in your head. Okay, they're going to just force feed Jonathan Taylor like they did week one. He's going to have an insane volume that they can't keep up all season. Um, and and they're going to you know figure out a way to grind it out. And then he has like nine touches. Like it just doesn't make sense at all. Like you have a weapon like that, get the ball in his hands. Like you're, you're who, who are you throwing to? You're throwing a backup and third string tight ends and and wide receivers no one's ever heard of. And it's just get the like get the ball to your playmaker. And the ball off more. Even if even if you were falling behind, your best chance to score if you're Indianapolis Colts is Jonathan Taylor breaking a long run. Yeah, and and they're playing. This is the guy they're playing against, by the way. So, hey, first chance to show them what we're all about. Let's go. Play with some swag. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is getting ripped. That was his uh, pregame speech. Oh, let's show, all right, let's show the world what we're all about. Let's play with some swag. All right, let's go. <laughs> Least inspiring quarterback ever. That guy just clapped your fucking cheeks, Colts. And this is a re- this is a reoccurring motif for the last eight years with this team. Um, 
I, 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 I love what I saw out of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, I do think the guy is going to be a really good player still. And I do think that Doug, Doug Peterson is such a great coach. I, I, I love what I'm seeing out of him. But it's inexcusable what the Colts did last week, especially with, with Matt Ryan. That guy just sucks, dude. He's so bad. Hey, Jacksonville's leading the South after two weeks. Dude, all right. I'm not going to – I'm not I, – I refuse to declare a winner in that division – um, and certainly taking the Colts, you know, I can't even take the Colts off the table because who do they have to go against? I think the Titans might be one of the worst teams in that division, weirdly enough. Weirdly, weirdly enough. enough. Wow. Uh, wow. Awesome game. Commanders, Detroit. Detroit is for real. I'm so certain about this. We were just talking about how complete the Eagles are. Detroit loses by only three points. Granted, at home, but they lose by only three points to the fucking... Uh, Eagles and they really crushed Washington. If you looked at it, and my in your boy Aiden Hutchinson was going off. Um, this team is really fucking good at multiple phases of the game, especially in the trenches. And I think we are seeing a blossoming superpower. This is truly a team that is a quarterback away. Um, if Tom Brady wants to have one more hail mary, like one more season, Detroit might weirdly enough be the play. How funny would that be if Tom Brady was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm playing for Detroit next year. But Jeez. Oh, yeah. Imagine if you could sneak a Super Bowl out with them. Like, you'd be a hero there forever. Be fucking awesome, it would, it would only take one year. Oh, I, I would root yeah. for that so hard. And and deep in my deep in my heart, I root for Detroit kind of, but I at the same time, I do not want them to get a Super Bowl for the Vikings because I don't think I'd ever be able to sleep again. I think i just have to end it. I just stop watching football. Watch fo- yeah, stop watching football. See, I, I do think, fortunately for you and unfortunately for Detroit, they're going to have some struggles this week just with injuries. Uh, you know, we, we had talked about it going into this week. Like, it's been two years. We have the Giants and the Lions both favored. Both of them won. But was even more crazy, <laughs> fucking Lions in Jacksonville both had three score three score leads going into the second half. Like how absurd. And yeah, Hutchinson, he, he set the, the um, Lions rookie record for most sacks in the game in the first half. Banged up, dinged up. He, I don't think he played most of the second half. He's very questionable going forward. He's probably not going to play against Minnesota. But like he's he's so dominant when he's on the field. My, my real question is like, obviously like we know that Carson Wentz, like what number number two in the league in yards, like seven touchdowns. How you know? However, like is is something? Is that something like he can keep up throughout this season? What do you guys think? Like, and not even just like in a win loss perspective. Do you think that he could be finished as like a top five QB this season? In fantasy, I kind of like him, dude. I'm sorry, like I weirdly like him. If you look at him last year, thirty five hundred yards, twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. I know he looked awful in situations, but. I think the Colts maybe I think Colts were kind of just arrogant about that situation to say Carson Wentz was the problem. I think I can definitively tell you now that Frank Reich was the problem. Um and Carson Wentz, listen, I'm not telling you that I like Carson Wentz. I don't like Carson Wentz at all. If he was my quarterback, I'd be fucking terrified. But he's a guy who can he he can sling it, man. Seven touchdowns in two games. Um in fantasy, he's a guy I'm intrigued by. He hasn't played some. Great, he hasn't played great defenses. That's the problem. He's played the Jags and the Lions. Um, the Lions are yeah, decent. Yeah, just shut out. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's <laughs> true, um, but it, yeah, it's 
it's I think Carson Wentz is interesting. I think he, there, there's a good chance the guy has 40 touchdowns this year if he's if he's healthy. Wild season coming. It's going to be a buckle up, boys. It's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> it's already wild, man. It's yeah, wild. I love it. Rams Falcons, uh, n- another circus game. Just absolutely insane Sunday. Um, what the fuck are the Falcons doing with Kyle Pitts? Um, the situation just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Uh, and you got you got to see. On one hand, the Falcons almost beat the Rams. On the other hand, clearly their best offensive player is literally doing nothing. Yeah, for me, that press conference is just, it, it's insane. You, you see, you know, Arthur Smith get up there and just talk about, well, you know, the game plan and the game flow didn't dictate it. Uh, there was a couple of routes where, you know, he uh, so-and-so got open and and he, it, we just couldn't get the ball to Kyle, this, whatever. I'm like, okay, game plan dictated what? Like, you're the coach. You should have a game plan that includes like at Every- least eight design plays for him. Like you should at a minimum be running tight end screen like three times a game. Like yeah. Any anything you can do to get the ball in the hands. He's your best player, and it's not even close. And if you don't, if you want to be an online, you know, inline blocker, first of all, it's not his skill set. It's not what you you, you don't you know dra- you don't give up a fourth overall draft pick for a guy to do that. But even if that's what you need out of your tight end position, sick. Play him at wide receiver. He's your best wide receiver too. Yeah. Like, put, it's just it's insane. Put him out there. And like right now for me, the Falcons might be the most confusing team in the entire league because obviously like, yeah, they're not getting pits the ball and they're legitimately using Cordell Patterson just like strictly as a running back. But they fucking lose on a last second field goal to the Saints and they throw and Jalen fucking Ramsey makes it last sec, like a last minute pick to like a great pick to save the game for the Rams, who we all thought would be it back in the Super Bowl. So, like, even, like, all these, like, weird, confusing missteps for them, for a team that we thought would obviously just win six games at the best, they're fucking battling. So, like, they, they're they the most confusing for me. I don't know what to make of them. They shouldn't have even been in either of those games. Here's yeah, my- it's weird that a, a team has their two best wide receivers playing other positions. <laughs> Here's my takeaway from this game. The Rams are not that good. The Rams are crazy beatable. Um, this is not the Super Bowl team from last year. I've been, I w- I've been worried. I, I, you know, I've been. We all t- picked them to win the division. I'm still weirdly kind of confident about that. Um, but I don't think this team is nearly the powerhouse they were last year. Dude, Matt Stafford is just very, very beatable. Uh, even in a winning uh, game. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. He's pitching some really crazy Matt Stafford games where he throws these what-the-fuck interceptions, and then I showed you guys that sidearm just beauty. He puts on the fucking money, just the only place Higby could could catch it, and drops. So, like, it's it's just kind of beautiful Matt Stafford play where it's just like, what the fuck was that? And then the most beautiful pass you've ever seen. I think this team is insanely beatable. That play, if any, is so lion-esque. Like, right after some Matt Matt Stafford, what the fuck? A fucking ridiculous dime and drop. Lion-esque. Perfect. Mm -hmm. 100%. Uh, Ravens-Dolphins, probably the best game of the weekend. I don't don't know. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say that was the best game of the weekend. That's one of the best comebacks in NFL history. 
And I, dude, I was dunking on the Dolphins saying, you know, I wasn't really necessarily even dunking on the Dolphins as much as I was saying, I told you so about the Ravens in the first half. The fucking Dolphins just rise up in the second half. Tua is just immaculate for two quarters. And, and you know what? I, I, I would take that back. Tua wasn't immaculate. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill played their fucking brains out for two quarters. This passing attack is stupid. Yeah, so yeah, it- completely abandon the run, um, <laughs> and 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 you know stick to the short passing game. A lot of those passes behind the line of scrimmage, um, and just the yards after catch are crazy. And and you know Tyreek's talking about it immediately. You know that's what makes wide receivers different. And and you got to get you know the yards after catch. They're going to require a lot of it because you know the the issues with two are still there. Like he he's not going to get arm strength overnight. Like that's never going to happen. So there's still problems there, but I mean, they're designing plays to take advantage of their talent. It's a crazy concept in the NFL. I know I've uh, <laughs> seen plenty of teams not do it, but it's crazy when a team does it all of a sudden they're, they're really, you know, successful and, and beat good teams. And, and just Baltimore with a, a very un Baltimore, like collapse at the end. there, just really not good. Not good. That, that collapse is Cleveland Browns worthy. Like it's honestly even like it, it's beyond Cleveland Browns worthy. And we've seen epic ones for decade over multiple decades, but like, yeah, it's it, like kind of not to, you know, beat on that drum, but it's, it's so wild when you're like, okay, here's my players. It, like if you want to devise a scheme, want to devise everything, like, is it really that difficult to like put your pride aside to like put the shit you like to run Versus, okay, how do I mold that around my skill set, the players that are there? Like, you know, people can talk shit on Tua all they want, you know, he, you know, here and there. He made the big throws when he needed to. You know, he obviously made some some bad ones, but um, kind of like I talked about last Sunday at our pod, um, I'm a very, very firm believer in Mike Jones. Who? Mike. Oh, Mike McDaniels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mike McDaniels. I'm a super believer in him, man. He's he's. Every, everyone has to be fired up in Miami for that guy. Uh, I don't care if he's 5'4". That dude knows what he's doing, and he's got everyone rallying behind him. He is 5'4". We saw him in person. He's a tiny little man, but he's a, he's a fucking little spark plug. Dude, I think he's an offensive genius. Um, and I'm starting to wonder, maybe 49ers lost a lot when they lost Mike McDaniels, and we didn't even know how much that guy meant to that team. Um, Miami is fucking for real. Uh, they are really, really, really good on offense. Pretty, really mediocre defense. But this might be a case where just a mammoth offense can just carry them. Um, and you're right. Two is just doing the things that he needs to do. And let's face it. How many fucking yards of the catch did Patrick Mahomes get with Tyree Kill? That's why I went balls to the wall this week on waivers and just went out and got Tua. Because while I still don't think Tua is a great quarterback and I'll die on that hill forever, I think Mike McDaniels is about to design a system where he can be ridiculously successful. And I do think Tua is going to be a top 10 quarterback in fantasy this year because of how fucking high-powered this offense is. So, yeah, it's so intriguing. I give it up so much to Mike McDaniels, though, in that wide-receiving core, which is just stupid. And they even got Gesicki involved. That, that By the way, that... Gesicki touchdown pass was hilarious. Tua threw it like 20 feet in the air and Gesicki went up and got it. Like that was insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I definitely, you know, McDaniel's designing an offense to use his personnel, crazy concept. And then you see the, the, you know, the, the opposite of that, um, 
you know, I, I know it's not a game we were planning to talk about, or maybe we were. Yeah, I know we were. Uh, I'll save it. I'll save it for the Cardinals. Okay. No, let's 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 go ahead. Let's do it right now. Cardinal- yeah. So I so so Cliff Kingsbury is starting to show some frustration over over what they're doing, and is insisting that he can't run his offense because Hopkins isn't healthy. And my process, my thought process is, if your offense relies on the health of a wide receiver, a premier wide receiver, your offense fucking sucks. And this didn't like sneak up on them. This wasn't like a, a first quarter of the first game injury. He knew all off season he was starting the season without DeAndre Hopkins. Design a different offense. Design some other packages. Run some other sets that you know you can use temporarily. You're just gonna punt the six games he's out. I. I'm that. That's where I'm at with this. Ooh, 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 ooh. So many, so many thoughts and feelings and emotions. But I agree with you. Like, yeah, you have to, like, you have to, you have to fucking figure it out, right? Like, you're paying Kyler to fucking figure it out. Like, it sucks. Get it? You have no, like, who are you throwing to? Who are you gonna run the ball with now with Connor out? Like, you have nothing out there. But guess what? You're being fucking paid. Your quarterback's being paid to not play Call of Duty. Figure it out. And it was ugly, and the Raiders are not good on defense. Fortunately, they caught some breaks, and that the end of that game was just absolutely fantastic. Like, uh, unlike last season when it came down to crunch time, Kyler figured out a way to get it done, which he did one time last season, and that was a hail mary to hop. Uh, that 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 could be like a make or break for both of those teams, man. It's it was it was a wild game. It's fun to watch. Uh, poor Hunter Renfro. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I know that was pretty quiet, but, um, I caught that during the game and I fucking spit my beer out, dude. So fucking like Kyler Murray answering the call of duty. People are dunking on him left and right. Dude. Kyler Murray was fucking awesome in that second half. That, that two point conversion is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, and he was just phenomenal the rest of that game. That's the Kyler Murray I want to see more of, man. Like, chip on his... You can tell he was just kind of pissed off. And if yeah. you've seen, like, a little guy when he's pissed off, like, like, like at a bar, like, tiny little man, like, like all angry and shit, like, man, man that, guy, let, that let, guy just said something to me. That's the last... Yeah, so, you were uh, you're gonna say chip on his shoulder, and I was gonna make a joke about you know putting the team on his tiny little back, and I don't think he can fit a chip and the team on that back. Exactly, so he's got he's got to pick one. You think he's chip or back? <laughs> no, he 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 was awesome in that second half. Um, and dude, bad receiving core. Uh, pff, you ever heard of the goat Greg Dortch? <laughs> <laughs> I think Greg Dortch has. Well, uh, no, it's it, I don't think. Greg Dortch has like 10 times more fantasy points right now than Darnell Mooney. Um, who could have predicted that? But uh, yeah, dude, I, I love the only note, by the way, we have in our outline for Arizona, uh, Las Vegas is what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and I'll, I think it was, uh, I think it was Isaiah Simmons that forced that last fumble that they cribbed to the house, man. Uh, it's nice to see him coming along, man. What a, what is like a great game? Is it, is it more like that's so Raiders or like, I, I don't know which team to expect. Maybe we can expect both both of those teams going forward, like the whole quarter. I mean, the Cardinals, I don't think, are very good still. And I think coaching is, is such a limiting factor for them. And, you know, we've been saying it ever since Cliff got hired after he, you know, failed his way up from the college football ranks. But I, I just really, it, to me, that's the Raiders. Like, the, the, the whole story is about the Raiders and, and how just mismanaged they are. 
And they don't have a head coach who's, who has that kind of executive presence and executive mind. He's an offensive mind, one of the best offensive coordinators in the league, but just can't run the situations, can't take control of a team. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the uh, it was uh, such a great offensive coordinating mind to have uh, Devontae Adams have two receptions in that game. It was fantastic, <laughs> glorious. Absolutely insane, too. Like, I, I, how do you not use that guy? He's he's He gets himself open. Isn't it weird, though? They, it seemed like they were forcing it to him in week one to their detriment, and then, like, they... they it, it is it is bizarre the Devonte Adams thing. Like you can't tell me that guy isn't by far the best receiver on that. It, it, watching the Raiders is very hard to watch. They they have so much talent. Dude, Brandon Jacobs, by the way, looks really good. He looks he looks better than he has in. in sorry, not Brandon Jacobs. Uh, uh, what's the name? Jacobs. Oh, okay. What's, I was like, Brandon Jacobs, like running, 40. running back like, for the Raiders again. Running back yeah, for the Raiders. He had like three. Oh, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, John, Josh, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had like three runs in that game that were just insane. Um, yeah. So like weirdly enough, he was one of the guys I was like highly targeting and like fantasy just like for like the low, like fourth, fifth round or whatever. And there was no reason for it because on paper, the fucking Raiders offense line is just embarrassing. Obviously the receivers, but I had this like weird feeling that he'd be productive enough. But um yeah, missed out on him, but hope you know. Hopefully for there. He's one of those those guys where like I think the pendulum swung back too far this year. I think people are like too down on him. It's like he's still a starting NFL running back who has very little competition. True, and I I do wonder why they're not trying to get Zamir White a little bit more involved. I I totally thought when I saw Josh Jacobs or uh, Josh McDaniels, <laughs> I'm terrible with names right now. When I saw Josh McDaniels go over this team, I thought it was just going to be this insane stable of running backs that they're running. Bolden goes down last week, and they just don't run anybody but Jacobs. McDaniel's is a weird fucking dude. Like I, I swear, like Zamir White did something to him, and he just doesn't like him, so he just refuses to give him any carries. Um, Browns Jets, another just fucking insane game. Like it's hard, it's hard to even just like close your eyes and point at a game without just seeing the best game of last week. Um, this game was hilarious to me. Pre-game, what what what's the post we made? It's that tailgate that had a, a fake massage table and like a mannequin and a huge boner and just all this, all this shit, dude, I gotta, I gotta say disgusting display that was, and it was a viral photo. Check it out on our page. The, the flag in the background though, the Barry Wood, the Barry Wood Photoshop of, of Deshaun Watson as you know, Barry Wood is the guy, the guy with the fucking huge dick that they always try and they trick you like oh, yeah, here, yeah, like yeah. click, click this link and, and you click on it. It's, it's that guy. There's a flag in the background. It's a Cleveland Browns flag and it's Deshaun Watson's face photoshopped on it. That is, <laughs> I don't care that that's a hilarious thing, but everything else, what, what was it? One, one guy was wearing a Jersey that said rub and the, and rub, the, yeah. the girl Rubbing was wearing rubbing and tugging like just a disgusting display and they got beat by the jets and joe flacco and in the most brownsy way ever they were winning by 13 points with a minute what was it a minute and 20 seconds they're the only uh, give or take some somewhere up there they're like the, the only team the, the only team to lose while winning by 13 points with less than two minutes to go and the last team to blow that lead by the way the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that that would be my guess. Yep. And so my, my my I have two really favorite things about that, other than like ah, fuck you Cleveland. It's like a you 
you decide after for the first time ever in that stadium, you want to go put this hideous, hideous little logo right in the middle, right in midfield to which looked like a college team. And what a great finish. But my second favorite thing is like Robert Salas cashing those receipts right now. He's cashing them all in on all the haters. And next week, the IRS, they're going to come tax that motherfucker when Cincinnati comes in. 0-2 at the bottom of that division coming for some retribution. It's going to be wild. Is this, this might be a hot take. I actually like the Cleveland's brown elf logo. I don't hate it. I, I They're getting it beats dragged the, I mean, it, it beats a fucking plain helmet, right? Well, they had, no, they had nothing in the midfield. Nothing in midfield. I think you need to do something else with it other than just have the elf right in the midfield. Like, do something else with it. It just it looked, it. For me, for me, it just looked too college-esque, and it's kind of hideous, but it's fitting that they put a piece of shit in the middle of the field to lose like a, a piece of shit franchise there. <laughs> Maybe just go all in on their uh, embracing of Deshaun Watson and just make Bill Cosby their mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it was impressive to see them and just like not covering. There's the no, you know, late in the game, you see a lot of teams go to you know prevent prevent defense and that last touchdown, that long touchdown. Like there's no safety help over the top at all. If it's the opposite of prevent, like they're playing like man press coverage and it's just blown coverages and, and guys running wide open. There wasn't anybody. There wasn't a defensive player within 15 yards of them when he caught that ball. Fantasy wise, Garrett. Wilson's a fucking stud, dude. I, I I watched for some reason I watched a lot of this game and Garrett Wilson, that guy can run some fucking clean routes and he was open so much of that game. Um, he's fucking good. He's gonna be real. He, he's way better than I thought. I I I was always on team Olave's better. I'm not so sure anymore, man. I think Garrett Wilson's a stud. Yeah, yeah. if you have, if you ask an eight year old over there to first row that he's definitely on uh, Team Olave. <laughs> yeah, he went, over, he went over and basically like told the like 12-year-old, hey, fuck you. That was awesome. That was awesome. Flexed on him. What a power move. Love it. Alright, boys. Uh, I need to I need to ask you about this game. I know it's close to your hearts. Uh, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh New England game is the game I definitely watched the least. Mostly because it never made it on red zone. Because <laughs> none of the teams were ever in scoring position. But yeah. ugly team. I, I called it with I called it with the Pats and I called it with the Steelers. I think the Pats are even uglier than I thought they'd be. Um, what are you guys' outlooks on these teams? You know what's weird? I've never been more certain that I think possibly both these teams are going to make the playoffs. I still think New England like figures out a way to sneak into that last wild card spot. I, 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 I won't I think move Pittsburgh's off that, even though they are. I think Pittsburgh's that? a play. I think Pittsburgh's a playoff team too. I really do. Yeah, I, I think they're just this. I think New England was just flawed, and my, Patricia, I, I just can't stand these calling plays. I'm hoping it doesn't last all season. There's so many reasons to not like them, but it's a veteran team, and they, they win close games. And I think they're going to win a lot of really ugly one-score close games uh, and win just enough to get in. Yeah, I, I I truly thought there was an outside chance that there was going to be no touchdowns in that game, and uh, we, we ended up with two. Uh, well, for me, welcome to the Nelson Aguilar show. show. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I could go on about Man- Matt Canada, but, you know, it's for another time and day. But, like, you know, can't run cover zero from the 45-yard line with, you know, that time, whatever. But uh, we, we knew it was just going to be ugly. Like, both teams are trying to find their identity. They're trying – they're going to rely on fucking playing defense, clock control, run it down. Um, one of my favorite bets of the year, I told you guys the – you know, Pittsburgh very well could hit the under in all 17 games this season, which 
it's not out of the you know the realm of possibility. Uh, not shocked about a lot of the things that I've seen. Um, missing, they're going to be missing TJ, but hopefully he they hold him out until after their bye week in week ten. Uh, later on, it's 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 not that it's going to be the prettiest, but you know it's it's one of this you know similar to some of the Steeler teams that I've watched before. Play some good defense. It's going to be ugly. They're going to be the first team done every week, which is cool. So you can leave your, the bar that you're at and go on to the next <laughs> one for the four o'clock. Be there early. Uh, so no problem with that. Uh, obviously, we hope hope that we hope that they would get that win, but it's going to be an interesting six weeks for Pittsburgh. But nothing surprising thus far. Well, it's really good to be able to leave bars, especially when bars are threatening to kick you out for damaging furniture. <laughs> Shout out to the galley in St. Petersburg. Um, dude, I think it's time. Steelers need to bring in Kenny. It's time. I, I've seen enough of Trubisky. The guy is not good. Um, it really is time. I, I know his offensive line is really bad. Najee is hard to watch this year, dude. He's clearly so fucking hurt. He's not what he was last year. I saw Najee just play some, make some incredible plays. That that plantar fascia is whatever it is. Is it torn? Uh, it's Liz Frank turf toe. Oh, okay, dude. Even 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 worse for a guy that relies on cuts, and that's that's rough. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. Big a lot of issues, but you know, just like New England, you, you have experience, and you're gonna be fucking gritty and figure it out. You know, no excuses. Find a way. So um, we're going to skip over this next one, mostly because the first couple uh, parts of our, of our next segment really tie into this. But we're going to launch into our new segment, which is overreaction or based. I make a statement. You guys tell me, is it an overreaction or is it based? And based, we do use tongue-in-cheek. I want to make that clear. We use it jokingly, <laughs> but it does mean, like, true. You're being factual. It's a Gen Z, and I'm obsessed with Gen Z lingo for whatever reason. So... Overreaction or base? Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. Oh, that's base, baby. That is base all day. The guy's making. He's making the. He's not super fancy, but he's not making bad decisions, and he found a way to win against Cincinnati. And it's just going to be kind of like when Romo went down. Dak came in. It's going to be Dallas. Whenever Dak's healthy, is going to have a decision to make, and they're going to have to stick with Cooper Rush at this rate. Uh, huge overreaction. I, I I cannot buy that less. Uh, what you're seeing in Dallas right now is what happens when a lot of backup quarterbacks come in and they simplify things. They get back to their roots. The team tries to execute better. Offensive line all of a sudden blocks a little bit better because they're realizing they have to protect a guy who sucks. Uh, you saw it week one with Geno Smith. And then you saw what happened week two with Geno Smith. That's what Cooper Rush's future is. He's not talented. Otherwise, he would be a starter. Yeah, I'm also going to say overreaction, but I, I, I am going to give a little bit of a caveat. I do think Cooper Rush brings a little bit of an interesting feel to the game. Uh, is he better than Dak Prescott? That's why I say overreaction. I like his poise, and I think the guy kind of makes the right plays in the right time. And I don't know. Like I, I, I'm so down on Dak Prescott after the Bucks game, but I think the Bucks just have a tremendous defense. I do think it's interesting if the Cowboys have a winning record when Week Five or Week Six or whatever rolls around, and Cooper Rush is all of a sudden undefeated as a Cowboys quarterback, that could be a tough decision to make. So, do I think Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott? Absolutely not. I think I don't, I don't even think that that it's close. But I do think sometimes a, a, a player brings a moxie to a team that you can't really deny. Um, 
and uh, kind of saw it with uh, what's his name with, with Washington last year. Uh, Heineke. Heineke. Um, just is Heineke better than Wentz? Absolutely not. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like skill wise, he definitely can't throw as far as Wentz. He can't run as fast as Wentz, but he brings a certain moxie to, to the team. Um, and I think Cooper Rush kind of brings that. So I, I, I think it's just going to be an interesting thing. I, I think it's an overreaction, but I will say that it could bring about an awkward decision for the Cowboys going forward. Like Marcus said, which is fun for everybody. Will Micah Parsons, he's just a fucking animal this year. Will he win defensive MVP? NFL MVP will be the best defensive year ever. So, so I, I know this one's multi-part, but I'm going to go with base, baby. Uh, right now, he is the he's pretty much the glue right now holding Dallas. Like right now, Dallas playing fucking fantastic defense, and it has a lot to do with Mike Parsons. Uh, right now, he is very much on pace for two of those three. Do I think he can win an MVP? No. But what if this fucking guy f- keeps his pace up? What if he ends up with fucking 30 sacks this season? How do you not make him MVP no matter what Dallas does? So I'm going to just stick with base because I love everything about him. Uh, overreaction. Uh, it, because the back half of this is crazy. Defensive player of the year? Absolutely. I, I think he's a favorite for it. And, and I, if I had a bet today, I would say he wins it. NFL MVP, uh, Josh Allen exists, so that's crazy. And best defensive play year ever. I think those are hard to compare when some of those are, you know, you look at those LT seasons, different league, different number of games. I think it's going to be hard, you know, you get down to like per game basis. Um, you know, some of the, the linebackers and, and, and defensive backs, you know, we're, we're talking about different stats here. Definitely, the, you know, the consideration, and I think he's the most impactful player in the, in the league right now uh, as far as how good they are at their position. But the quarterback position is just way too valuable, and Josh Allen's doing it way too well. Yeah, I think I think it's obvious overreaction. You guys know how much I love Micah Parsons, but this is classic, beautiful Marcus hyperbole. Uh, you can tell that Mike Marcus wrote this this part part of the segment. Um, Micah Parsons is unbelievable. I I, I truly believe he's going to be the best defender in the NFL, if not this year. Probably he's, he's he brings about an Aaron Donald type just fucking difference for this team. He's leading the league. Without being a scumbag. (laughs) (laughs) He's leading the league in sacks. I think he might end up leading the league in sacks. And by the way, folks, he wasn't even drafted for this. He wasn't even drafted as an edge rusher. He's drafted as a Mike linebacker. That's what nobody even like thinks about. That's what's so fucking wild about this guy is he's playing as an edge rusher. He wasn't even drafted for that. That's how versatile this guy is. I think he can play strong safety. I think he can play Mike linebacker. I think he can play defensive end. I think he can play fucking edge rusher like he is and be dominant. This guy's incredible. Um, so, yeah, overreaction just because of the way it's phrased. But Michael Parsons is the real fucking deal. So, so right as obviously it's two games, it's early, but right now he has has a win rate of over seventy five percent. How fucking disgusting! So he's not just an obviously you know just like you mentioned, not just an edge rusher. That is absurd. So th- this next one, we got two that are kind of similar. So I'm gonna, I'm going to combine them. Um, Miami can beat Buffalo this week, and Miami can also win the division. Um, I'm draw it right down the middle. I yes, yeah, so you know what base they they can. Um, I'm still gonna ride. I'm riding Buffalo cover everything until they don't. They are fantastic, but 
Um, it's also going to depend on Gabriel Davis' health. Micah Hyde might not play. He got banged up last week. Uh, huge piece to that defense. They are fantastic. Um, I'm very much a believer in you know, Mike McDaniels. I cannot wait to watch this game. But base, yeah, they absolutely can. And I, I truthfully think that uh, whoever wins this game going forward is going to be, be the division winner, which more than likely will be Buffalo. I don't think that's a, at stake here. Um, I, I think they absolutely could win this weekend. Um, but long term, I don't think there's a chance that they, they're better than Buffalo over the course of a season. Um, the way that they're moving the ball and what's making them successful to this point involves a lot of you know Waddle and Hill catching the ball at or near the line of scrimmage and, and you know, yards at the catch. Uh, and those guys are not very big. Uh, they're going to take a big hit. One of them is going to miss time. Maybe both of them misses time. And I think once you remove even one of those two, I think the dynamic of, the dynamic of that offense changes. I think it works really well today because they're both extremely fast inside route runners, and you can't double coverage both of those guys. It's really, and it's really hard to single cover guys who run routes like that at that speed, especially. I think as soon as one of them drops and you can double cover the other, this entire offense changes and they become just kind of an average team. Yeah, I, I, um, I'll tell you who thinks it's overreaction, Vegas. They have uh, Miami six-point dogs at home. Um, I think it's definitely an overreaction, but at the same time, I'm going to be rooting for the Dolphins hard this week. Uh, that Ravens win was insane. And here's, here's one thing that I'm kind of watching for. Tua has been nothing but dogged his entire NFL career. This guy has just been ripped. It was a mistake taking Herbert. You know, it was it was a fucking mistake. Yeah, everything about Tua you hear about is just how shitty he is. By the way, did anyone see the Twitter uh, video where someone reversed the footage of Tua throwing so it made it look like he was a right-handed passer? Yeah. Have, have you guys? To be honest, seen that? I liked it a lot. I liked it watching him a lot better. Uh, it looks awesome. Tua all of a sudden I mean, looks like a fucking yeah. insane dude. Go watch the video; it's crazy. Literally, all they do is mirror image the the video. And so it makes it look like he's a right-handed passer and he looks fucking phenomenal. All of a sudden he's throwing strikes and I'm like, what? I'm like, is it really just cause he's left-handed that we think he's got a noodle, like the whole thing, like noodle arm, like whatever. But here, here's all I'm saying about Tua. This is, this, this is a defining game in his career. He's just tied some greats and Bob Greasy and, and Dan Marino for the, for the dolphins. I dude, his sales are puffed and he was nothing but puffed. In Alabama, let's face it, Alabama chose Tua over Hurts, which kind of seems insane right now. If you look at just Hurts seems leaps and bounds better for me than Tua. But so now Tua is the guy again. He's the six point. He's a six touchdown stud. And I just wonder, you know, this confidence boost, maybe Tua can turn into a decent guy. I'm really intrigued by it. Like I said, I got him in both my fantasy leagues. Do I believe in Tua? No, I actually still think he's he's exactly what I thought he was. But I'm a little bit intrigued to see what he does with a little bit more confidence. And if they can beat Buffalo, I think that becomes true. But I don't think they will beat Buffalo. That's the problem with that. That's the I think problem. Everyone, everyone, everyone's jaw hits the floor if Miami finds a way to win this game. For sure. Absolutely. Should, should even keep it close. Uh, Denver, just, they, to me, they feel like that year that the Steelers started seven and zero or whatever it was, and then just fucking fell apart like everybody thought they would. I, eleven and just me. Eleven and yeah, or eleven and zero. That's what it was. Seven, <laughs> seven games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop undermining performance. I think. I think se- week seven is when I started standing on tables and telling everybody this team is not good. Stop it. Like, 
I don't care if they go 10 and 0. This team is not good. Uh, Denver will finish last in the West. For me, that's that's base, guys. That's so that's super base right now. Like, it's I, I can't say anything else about it. Like, I hate everything that's going on, and they will probably make a coaching change. I hate everything about what Denver's doing. In a great division. I hate them. I hate Denver too, uh, but I still think this is overrated. Just because I think there's a nice cushy. Uh, padding behind them, you know, it's just like a guy in your fantasy football league who you know has the worst team, and it doesn't really matter if your team starts zero and two because you know they're worse. Um, that's Vegas for these guys. So I think Vegas is, is the floor. They're absolutely going to be the worst team in that division. But I think Denver's firmly stuck in that number three spot, and no chance of getting out of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say based until I see otherwise. <laughs> it, dude, if if the product presents itself like it has the last two weeks. Russell Wilson completed 49% of his passes last week against the Texans. There is a there is a screenshot. You have to go see it. Javante Williams is standing in the end zone. There are not guys within 10 yards on both sides of him. Russell Wilson's helmet appears to be pointing forward right towards Javante Williams. And it's like you can't see him. Uh, when I saw that photo, you guys know, dude, I, I've been on Russell Wilson MVP wagon. I've, I've, I was a huge Cortland Sutton guy. Uh, Judy go, Now Judy going down. I am officially worried about this team, and I don't think it has anything to do with Russell Wilson. I do think Russell Wilson is good, but I think this coaching staff might be so fucking bad, and Russell Wilson doesn't have the balls to stand up to him. What would Aaron Rodgers be doing right now if, if this bullshit was going on with Hackett? He'd be like, "Fuck this! I'm calling plays now." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah he, he he'd be passively aggressively talking shit about his coach and everything else that he doesn't like, just like Aaron Rodgers always does. He would change uh, things exactly, and 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 that's what worries me. Russell Wilson at the first game we talked about last week, he put his tuxedo back on and he went out to the platform and he had a fucking smile on his face. You can't do that. I'm sorry, you can't fucking have a smile. Dude, you, the, the whole franchise, like as a fan, you guys saw that video of the Bears fan watching watching the Packers game and the, yes. the, the, the girlfriend's recording him and he, and, and he says, uh, no, like I've only, I've only been dating you for two months. I've been rooting for this team for 22 years. I left for us too. <laughs> Dude, that, that was a pretty, pretty, pretty cool video. Uh, it's obvious why it's going viral, but that's exactly, that's exactly what well, I think a lot of, players don't factor in is like these fans they're the reason you make the money that you do I'm sorry when you lose to Seattle you can't go to the podium and have a smile on your face and be like oh you know God is good like blah 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 like fucking no God was no. not good to you today he hated you, you today <laughs> you need to fucking go up there like Tebow with tears in your eyes and say we are gonna fucking work and inspire your fan base or just say I suck today you know what I'm saying? I suck today, and I'm going to be better, and I'm and and ha- not have a fucking smile on your face like the happy go lucky. Like, dude, I I appreciate like really positive people. Sometimes people are annoyingly fucking positive, and Russell yeah. Wilson seems like an annoyingly positive person. So that's my take on that. Um, Kenny Pickett will start for the Steelers. Wait, wait, but after the Steelers buy? No, wait. Well, let's put it this way: by week ten, by by week ten, you put it out that far. Let's just say Kenny Pickett will start in the next six weeks. Oh, still overreaction. I, I, I still think it's an overreaction after that. Uh, they, they have a lot of pieces to figure out. Um, 
And, you know, until they get that figured out on all ends, you know, it's not going to change anything, you know, drastically. Uh, They're going to have to grind until then, but that's going to be a big turning point, you know, near the end of the season. But I'm, I'm sticking with overreaction nonetheless. Um, I don't know if it's week 10, but I definitely think it's coming. Uh, I, 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 there's no way. Like, Maserati Mitch is not the guy. Like, there, there's no way around it. I think Mazda Miata Mitch, I saw somebody make that joke earlier, 100% more deserving than, Ma, than Maserati. He looks terrible. Um, I mean, you got to get Naja right. Like, I think you bench him and, 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 you know, deactivate him until he can get that foot right because, you know, him playing at half capacity all season isn't going to do anything for you. Like let, let him get that off. That's, not, that's something that he needs to, to take some time off, get that foot off you know, the ground and, and and get better. But Mitch Trubisky is terrible. Like the future is now. Mitch isn't your guy. Just get over it. I will say this. Uh, devil's advocate for Mitch Trubisky. I think Joe Burrow would look terrible on this team too. Um, that offensive line is just really bad. <laughs> I don't, I think maybe the only guy who could perform this offensive line currently in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, like straight up, uh, that that offensive line is so fucking bad. Uh, so I think, I think Tomlin is going to be stubborn about this, and I think he is going to carry it out a little bit longer than he should. But I also think it's the right decision because you don't want to bring in a quarterback and just have him get destroyed and ruin his mind. Um, I, sure. I, I don't, this team isn't winning the Super Bowl. I think we can agree on this. Um, Kenny Pickett is not going to come in here, and this team's not going to win a Super Bowl. They have a great defense, but. Don't bring in your quarterback too early and fucking ruin his mind. I've seen it happen many times. Uh, the, the guy that always comes to mind is David Carr. I really do believe that David Carr could have been a really good player in the league if he didn't come into the Texans and get sacked 90 times a season for his first three seasons. It was it was hard to watch. Hard to yeah. watch. Uh, Burrow won't make it the full season. I want this to be based in my heart and my soul and every fiber of my being, but I'm going to say overreaction. They're going to, they're, they have to find a way to figure it out. Um, just from common sense, I'm going to say they are. Obviously, last season was terrible and they're very well, very much well on that pace. So I hope I'm wrong, but very much overreaction since he finds a way to protect the uh, their future. I think, I think it's based. I think he, he, he is a guy who will fight for every yard. He'll stand in there and take the hit to make the pass. And with how they're protecting him, it's just, it's too many hits. And then, you know, you look over the course of the season, most guys miss time anyways. So, you know, I don't know, you know, how much time does it have to, does it have to be a season ending injury for this, but there's no way he plays every game the way things are looking right now. So, yeah, I, I, I agree that Cincinnati's got to figure it out. And I think they will. Ultimately, you're going to see the burrow rise that we saw last year. I just have to believe it. He's, he's, unless the guy can't walk, he's going to come back. Um, and he's just such a tough motherfucker, man. I'm always going to bet on him. Derrick Henry's finished. Overreaction. Um, overreaction. He's going to get 40 carries this week. Uh, but I think he's at the end of the end of his life, uh, just like most of those big backs. Uh, I think he's going to dominate this week, but uh, so slight, slight overreaction. Uh, Based. I think he does not look explosive at all. Uh, He's getting tackled in the backfield. You're seeing a lot of plays where he normally would make the first guy miss or, 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 you know, give the guy, the first guy a stiff arm and get out of the backfield. And he's going down in the backfield without much resistance. And 
Uh, I think this Tennessee team isn't as good defensively as they have been past years. I don't think they're going to be able to kind of dictate and keep games close enough to feature him because as soon as they go behind by 10 points, he comes off the field. So I think for all intents and purposes, all usefulness as a fantasy player, uh, he's, he's done. I think it's an overreaction just because of what finish means. Um, but I do think we've, we're obviously seeing the decline of Derrick Henry. I think we saw it last year. Weirdly enough, he was destroying the entire league. And by the way, his backup came in and had a more efficient season per rush than he did. Um, and I, you guys know I had him keeper. I had a lot of trouble uh, with that pick. Um, I'm really worried about him, but is he finished? No. He's still like a 4.3 yards a carry guy, but um, I do think we've seen the, the best of Derrick Henry is, is far beyond us. When, when I'm thinking finish, like he's not a fantasy football RB1 anymore. Uh, uh, like, yeah, yeah. I think I, those days are gone. I think with his volume, he he's probably still is, though. I, I don't know. I, I think he's probably still going to have a 1,200-yard season, maybe like 12 touchdowns. But honestly, in a 17-game season, that's not that great anymore, <laughs> especially yep. especially with the volume that he's inevitably going to get. It's uh, it's kind of like he said uh, uh, earlier this week, I think it was. Like, yeah, he's going to rush for over 1,000 yards. 900 are going to come against fucking Jacksonville and uh, Houston, but he's still going to get there. Exactly. So, guys, I want to close this out by, by uh, talking about something that's just absolutely fucking wild. Uh, so we bring up DVOA a lot. Um, it's a, it's a really interesting statistic. Uh, historically, it's one of the most accurate predictors of Super Bowl winners in history. Um, it's it's basically like a metric that compares offense, defense, special teams, and it basically ranks them. There's some there's some sub- subjective calls that are made uh, by this um, football outsiders group, but ultimately, it's really really good. It is really bizarre what they are producing this year. Number one. No confusion. Who do you think it is? No confusion. It's called Josh Allen. It's Buffalo. It's the Buffalo Bills. So number one, we're starting out good, right? Number two, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna leave it open because you'll never fucking guess. The Jacksonville Jaguars are number are number two on this list. I know it is fucking mind numbing and confusing. It is very weird, and we're gonna have to see how this shakes out. That's take it or leave it, and and and, and again, this, this I think this ranking system kind of depends on volume, um, but that that is really mind blowing, and it kind of makes me wonder, uh, maybe this team is better than we think it is. Um, Baltimore number three, Kansas City number four, Philly number five. So not really many surprises after that. Tampa Bay number six. Chargers number seven, Cleveland at eight, I thought was a huge surprise. Here's another just absolutely shocking one, Detroit at nine. So it's 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 it pretty fucking interesting, but here's where your mind's absolutely going to be fucking blown. San Francisco at 10, Denver at 11. <laughs> what? What the fuck? So I mean, very confusing. Denver, they've put up a lot of yards. It's just they fall apart situational football. And I think that's that goes back to Hackett and how bad he is. Uh, but like Jacksonville, number two, one, maybe uh, like it makes me want to throw DVOA out the window. Like that's yeah. how crazy it is. Yeah. Let, let, let me put it this way. If we, if we anytime soon live in a world where we find ourselves on Super Bowl Sunday watching Detroit play Jacksonville, you fucking pick the bridge and I'll jump. 
this. I think I, 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 all I'm saying is I, I think it's a little bit intriguing. Their defense statistically is really, really, really good. That, that's all, that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. So that, that's pretty intriguing. That's how I wanted to end it. Any closing thoughts? I'm just done. I'm done. <laughs> Jacksonville at two is that's that's fucking wild. And again, yeah, I, th- I haven't. That's all I've been able to think about since you said that. I didn't yeah. hear the rest of it. I think these stats have to pan out over a long period of time. Um, but they, I'm telling you, this statistic, th- this fucking ranking system is so accurate over time. It, it really has, and it's been an, a great predictor of Super Bowl winners over the years. So I'm just saying, it's pretty intriguing. Pretty intriguing. Any other closing thoughts? All right, boys. Week three is upon us. Have a great night.